I come from the 2008 investing period. These prices won't go down. They won't go down to what they originally were. It just won't happen. And people seem to think that they're they're like they're waiting for that. And yeah. it, it's it's not going to happen. Okay. All right. On this podcast, we are going to be talking about uh, the Phoenix deal and what we have going on with it and why certain things are changing about it. And also maybe some Windsor updates, uh, Windsor market updates and and a uh, little bit of things like that. Because that's actually something that I, I'm kind of curious because I'm starting to see some things going on and uh, Scotty getting lit up on Twitter about some things. <laughs> okay, there's some <laughs> social media stuff too. I know you're getting lit up as well. So oh, that, man. That'd be an interesting topic. Yeah. So um, but yeah, let's start off with Phoenix. Um, yeah. So just so everybody knows, right, when you have it uh, locked up in a conditional period, uh, that uh, you don't necessarily have the financing locked in, right? Yeah. So, so this is – let me give everybody a little bit of uh, – little bit of background here. So the Phoenix deal, uh, we came to an agreement uh, probably about mid-January. And <clears throat> the loan that I was going to put on there was a Fannie Mae loan. And Fannie Mae is an agency lender. Uh, I guess it would be somewhat equivalent to like a CMHC type of loan or backed loan or something like that. It's a government backed loan. And um, Right now, the reason why these style of loans are very attractive is because they offer long-term interest only. And since in Cocho Capital, we're not going to be holding the property for 30 years, uh, it's going the whole period is going to be anywhere from a few years to you know maybe uh, around five to potentially a few years more, depending on what the market's doing at that uh, given time. So, well, I love what you said too. Most of the uh, first five years of payments are interest anyways. Fuck, well, wait, more than first five, yeah. probably first 10. And, and if anybody looks at an amortization chart for, for a mortgage, you're going to see interest payments go like this yeah. very slowly, and then it starts to get absolutely hammered out at the end. But for yeah. the first five, 10 years, it's... Yeah. And and that's why, uh, you know, and then, and then not only does that make it attractive being into a deal for less period of time, especially with rates higher where uh and and having sellers not willing to come down because like listen whenever prices raise or increase they never go back to original price never it never happens so i'm yeah, not people I, should listen to this it's, yeah it's it so never true. that that never happens and that's true in not just real estate it's true in every category of goods yeah. and services i've never i've never seen and i've been i've been in business for myself for 15 years i've never once seen you know, and I deal with commodity brokers all the time. I deal with manufacturers of raw materials all the time. Whenever they have a price bump because of, you know, market conditions or environment environment conditions, I've seen I've seen anything from I've seen pricing change from anything uh, from hurricanes. Um, I've seen prices change from uh, uh, pirates. Like this is I'm not even joking. You laugh, but this is actually a fucking thing. Uh, we had we had a situation at one point when we were buying, for example, like New Zealand Way. New Zealand Way has to come from obviously New Zealand, and the shipping route was being attacked by pirates. Pirates. So yeah. what the shipping route they had to reroute all of the ships, and it was taking much longer on the open sea to get to ports. And because it was taking much longer, there was like way more gas involved, and the companies weren't like it's just a it's a waterfall effect, right? So, so pirates. One time, uh, I had a situation like this was more of an isolated situation, but we had a manufacturer that uh, 
one of the trucks blew up on the on the the freeway. They got into an accident, a minor fender bender. Somehow a spark happened where there was some powder floating around in the back of the semi truck and ignited the powder that was floating around and blew like the whole protein f- powder. Po- protein powder, oh, dude. I didn't know it was flammable. It, combustible. It's not, Holy it's, it is combustible if, if in like the perfect scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it blew the fucking truck up. Yeah. So I had to wait to get my product. Product, I had to, like, just yeah. there's so many different, there's so many things. inflationary things. Yeah. And one of them, obviously, is COVID. COVID, like it's so, so, shipping yeah, exactly. prices, so, lumber. So all you that have stuff. COVID, yeah. and then, and then, but no matter what, I've never seen things go back to the same price prior to uh, the the raw material purchase price prior to certain events happening. It never does. Yeah. It'll come down off of it. It'll its come high, down, but not to its original. <clears throat> never. And the same thing happens with real estate. People like, you know, I come from the 2008 investing period, 2007, 2008, 2010, nine, whatever the fuck. I come from that period. And and, uh, these prices won't go down until or uh, they won't go down to what they originally were. It just won't happen. And people seem to think that they're, they're like, they're waiting for that. Oh man. And yeah. it, it's, it's not going to happen. So it's, it's almost impossible. <coughs> yeah. It's almost impossible. Um, with all that said, uh, one of the advantageous reasons to go with an interest only loan from an agency or to go with agency is because they offer interest only longer, typically longer periods of time of interest only. The fact that you're not really paying down any equity in the first at least decade of ownership, it makes sense to go interest only. And if you actually look at uh, a lot of the larger scale properties that even like Grant Cardone does, for example, the the majority of his large scale properties in good locations with cap rates that you know aren't you know six percent, seven percent, eight percent. In order for those properties to even make sense in cash flow to get a return, you're going interest only. You have to. You have to do it, to. right? So so we were going to go in on an interest only loan. The problem with Fannie Mae is you can't rate lock when you send in your application. So I sent in my application, was approved, got everything going, um, but you can't rate lock until they do an appraisal, okay? Well, by the time, by the time we did our due diligence period, the the rates had moved more than 50 basis points so higher higher yeah so have increased by 50 basis actually more than 50 basis points at this point now when i rate when i when i went in at application the rates were at 5.4% right now they're a little bit over 6% that's a huge, big difference. Huge changes the numbers and everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it absolutely changes the numbers. So we went in on this deal at five point four million. For me to get the deal to work at the same numbers that we projected with the higher rates, with the higher rate, I'd have to come in at a reduction of around half a million bucks. So I be I'm going to be asking for a reduction based on. Uh, a 4.9% purchase price at this point now, which is a big, big reduction. But we have an interesting scenario. Uh, The seller's loan expires April 1st. Whether or not they're able to get into some other bridge loan or whatever within the same, within the the amount of time that, um, you know, at this point it's like a month. I, I don't know. And I'm not necessarily trying to, put them in between a rock and a hard place. That's not what I'm trying to do. 
I have my best interest at heart and my investor's best interest at heart. So the deal needs to work in order for me to move forward with it. If it doesn't work numbers wise, I don't move forward with it. And I'm not going to get pregnant in the deal uh, without knowing whether or not they're going to start accepting a retrade price. So, and when I say get pregnant in the deal, what I mean is like sending the financing fee, right? The financing fee right away, 25 grand. Third parties, 25 grand. So for me to even get the ball rolling on my financing contingency, I'm $50,000 deep. Mm-hmm. Non-refundable shit. Yeah. Okay. And you're not going to go and do that at the at the original purchase price. No, because the original purchase price doesn't work anymore yeah. at those rates. Now, typically what we've seen with the 10-year treasury, now this, this particular loan is based off the 10-year treasury, and that's what bumped and changed the rate. Now... Typically, if you if you bring up the ten year treasury, Connor, bring up the ten year treasury uh, when you're doing this, you'll see it it goes up, comes back down, goes up, comes back down. But the threshold was always three point nine percent. Well, it broke through four percent. So, um, and that's the problem. So we're dealing with a very volatile uh, situation right now. Not that that's a bad thing, because the whole idea of going interest only is still very attractive for a disposition in say five years once this property sells, uh, even if the rates come back down. But I've told people this multiple times. They're like, well, what happens if the rates go down to like what they were uh, you know, at the start of COVID or whatever, where it was like only a couple percent? And I'm like, listen, I did a deal. I did two deals. Uh, well, maybe one deal for sure prior to COVID. I did that Camp Manor in deal. The US. In the US. Large multi. Yeah, large multi in the US. And then I did another deal, the North Miami deal in the US. And both of those lined up right around like 3.85%, 3.9%. And that was at the fucking lowest point of interest rates in history. And, and, and it was a, still close to four. And it was still close yeah. to four. So even if rates come down to four, a 6% interest only loan is still a good deal. And when rates come down, banks are less likely to do interest only full term. See what I mean? So now you can assume an interest-only full-term loan. Yeah, and it's perfect. And of course, um, the benefit of if rates come down, the cap rate comes down as well, and the value of the building goes up. Exactly. And you can decide, hey, well, we're not going to hold this for ten years. We're going to sell it now, right? The market's hot. Exactly. Money's cheap. Exactly. We paid X amount for this thing. We're exactly. going to sell it for eight million. Exactly. Now. So, and, now, and now what we can do is like they're going to get have to get a supplemental loan, yeah. right? Which is more than likely if the rates come down, it'll be a principal and interest loan. Okay because they're not going to be able to get a supplemental loan or even a full loan if they wanted to cash us out. They're not going to get a full-term IO loan. They're going to have to get a supplemental principal and interest. But if they can get if they can get a bulk the bulk of the the debt as interest only and then do a supplemental principal and interest loan, that fucking thing will cash flow for them makes like it crazy. Better. Yeah, you're talking about the perspective buyer exactly. in this hypothetical scenario. Exactly, yeah. But this is why it's so important, and we always preach this. We don't yeah. buy for appreciation. We're no. buying for cash flow. We're locking exactly. in the debt. Exactly. And then we're buying in markets that are attractive with rising rents, yeah. limited supply, <clears throat> and rising populations yeah. to push the value of the building up yeah. long term. Yeah. We don't count on it. No. But- Realistically, rents are going up, right? Inflation's um, normal in our monetary system. The value of the building is going to go up. Rents are going to go up. Mm -hmm. We're we're more concerned with locking in the debts and locking in the cash flow. Exactly. People like the ability to lock in cash flow in an environment where you're seeing rates like that 60 basis point jump in a two week window. 
based off of an inflation data report that yeah. was too high. Yeah. Like this is not normal. I know. So the ability to lock in cash flow and interest rates and put your money somewhere where you're yeah. at least breaking even with inflation, like probably uh, even better. Yeah. It's very hard to do right now. Yeah. And that's why this deal was so attractive. And it still is if the, you know, if we just the have to get the numbers happens. back into balance. Exactly. And a retrade for you means to basically a renegotiate. Price reduction. Yeah. Price, price reduction. reduction. Yeah. They call it retrade in the States. Yeah. Or um, not in the States. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Price reduction. Yeah. yeah so uh, a couple other things that are happening too with the deal is the pro forma that they put out isn't necessarily uh, coming to fruition as fast as they, as, as, as quick as they had thought. Um, why is that happening? Well, there was an Airbnb unit in the property. And I said, as part of my, as part of my uh, due diligence, I want that Airbnb unit taken care of. However, when they you send, want it, you don't want them running. I don't Airbnb. want, yeah, I don't want yeah. them. I don't want to assume an Airbnb. One of the reasons, and not, not to say that I don't necessarily disagree with having an Airbnb unit. It's because I don't want to have to manage an Airbnb unit in a non Airbnb building. Okay. Absolutely. One, yeah. one random unit. Doesn't make one, sense. Yeah. One random unit. And also the person that was renting that or essentially subleasing to Airbnb tenants, uh, change the locks. So already oh. there. Not okay. Red flag. Red, red flag. flag. Huge yeah, red flag. I don't want to deal with that. So what ended up happening was that vacant unit plus another vacant unit that they had, that vacant unit that I essentially, they were already getting rid of this person anyways, but it happened to be that the eviction happened in January, brought the vacancy rate down by another, say, call it 5%, right? Because... You're you're around at 23 units. You have one vacancy. You're around you know four percent, five percent. You bring in another one. All of a sudden, the bank gets that right. They get that uh, that income statement or uh, rent roll for January. Boom! You've got 10 percent vacancy, along with an economic vacancy of say around 20 percent. That's a problem for the bank. The banks want to see an economic vacancy of 90 percent, or uh, sorry, 10 uh, percent or, or 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 better. So, uh, and then they have concessions. So the way that the, the way that the area in Phoenix right now is working is they're doing 13 month leases, the first month free. Well, be, this being a new building and a new, uh, basically, a, a, a rehabbed property, uh, they haven't had enough time for the, say for example, a T3, like a trailing three months of, in, of an income statement for the concessions to burn off. So as soon as the bank sees that, it's dropping the the uh, the the rent, the rental income, like the net rental income, it's dropping the net rental income, and it's reducing the LTV on the property or the proceeds for what the bank is willing to loan me. Right. So interesting. So just so everybody's clear, banks don't think outside the box. No, they don't. You hit them with a pro forma. You can explain it very clearly by saying, hey, we evicted this Airbnb unit. We're replacing it with a long-term tenant. It's actually going to stabilize the building and less risky. They don't care. You need three months pro forma. It doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. That's messing up. You know, it's it's putting kinks into the exactly. deal and delaying things. Exactly. Right? So so another 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 scenario. So so I convinced the lender to give me to work off of a T one. Okay. Because I'm con- I'm convinced that the sub market is great. There's so much. There, the the fundamentals in the sub market are so fucking deep. I'm like guys. And then I actually I I, I told him you guys have to have a, a network in the area. These guys are actually that I'm working for are from California, Southern mm-hmm. California. I'm like you guys have to have a network in the Phoenix area. They're like we do actually. Let me let me contact the Phoenix guys. They got Phoenix guys on the ground in the area saying yes, 
this area in Phoenix is blowing up. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. This I can't say enough good shit about this area. So the guys over in San Diego that I'm working with on lending are like, okay, perfect. We're going to make the exception. We're going to work off a T1, a trailing T1. The fucking problem, though, is the concessions. They're not burning off fast enough, right? So there's a couple concessions that are still in place for February, which we have numbers for, right? But now we're in March. So what we're doing now is being what? March 3rd? Mm-hmm. We're waiting for the March 3rd rent roll to come through and collections, right, of March to come through. And we're going to use the collections from March with February's expenses, to, pro, to put together a pro forma, fairly accurate income statement mm, to mm. give to the bank as a T1 to try to get the deal a lot done. Of hoops to jump exactly, through, yeah. to try to get the deal done and uh, so long as they accept the retrade, which I'm going to tell you this right now. The, 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 the agent that I'm working with on this right now, uh, he hasn't explicitly come back and said, hey, and this is something that you might want to touch in being on an agent, being an agent. He hasn't come back explicitly saying, I already brought up this retrade price like I, that I'm coming in for a reduction. I brought it up like fucking probably a week or so ago. I already did this, okay? He hasn't explicitly come back and said, hey, I, I, put, the bur- I, I put the bug in the seller's ears. Uh, you know, um, we're good to go with a retrade or whatever. Let's figure it out. I guarantee fucking to you though, they already know about it. There's no way... Tell me right now, if you had a client that if, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not bringing my own agent. Okay. So I'm working with the seller's agent. Okay. Are you going to tell me that if you're working with a seller's agent or if you're working with sellers right now and I come back to you because I'm working with you on buying the property from your sellers and I tell you, Hey, I'm coming in for a a price reduction. Are you not going to get the sellers prep for that? Number one. And are you going to tell me right now that you wouldn't still continue with the deal? If you didn't know, if you knew that that was coming, see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It's so number no one, yeah. those sellers know that there's a retrade price coming for sure, right? That's number one. Number two, I gave him a, the word of roundabout number where the retrade's coming in at. Based on that, there's no way that they're not accepting this deal. Or there might be at least some sort of negotiation that they're willing to play ball. Guaranteed. fucking teed. Well, they're, like you said, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place which potentially, is yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, potentially. <clears throat> potentially yeah sometimes sometimes that's the only way you can negotiate you know for a cash flowing building in a great market um they might not need to sell although their business model isn't to hold right they're, they're, they're flippers. Bus- yeah, they're, their yeah their business model isn't to hold so uh, they're flippers they want to get their capital out yeah. they purchased it and renovated it they have a pretty healthy margin of profit yeah. right that's one thing we look into as well yeah and of course right uh, as an agent myself if i smell blood and also the i'm only doing the deal if the numbers work yeah then i'm going after the reduction if i don't get it we move on to the next one <laughs> yeah. and that's what i love about you know working with you obviously on the uh, we're numbers guys right yeah <laughs> you're not going to emotionally tie me into this building or no. this deal if the numbers don't work we're gone uh, it, ha- it has yeah. to be and that they're going to know that right yeah it has, to, it has to yeah. be that way you know like i might if it was only my money i might have come up a little bit on like you know when or I might come up a little bit when I go in for a reduction if it was only my money because I'm that confident in yeah, the market yeah. there. But it's not my it's not only my money. I have to do my best to try to get people to, like to actually make good on those targets. You know, for yeah. for at least for uh, appearances, right? There's always the unforeseen events that I can't control or that are yeah. out of our control. But yeah, because we're know. we're so conservative with our numbers that we're not gonna. Even though you might say, hey, this submarket, you know, I'll take a little bit more risk here. Yeah. Submarket's so hot. 
yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not too worried about this percentage or that percentage. Yeah. But when it's other people's money, it's like, you know what? No, we got to stick to our super conservative numbers. We're not yeah. going to overproject the market. We're not going to yeah. overproject rent growth. Um, we need to price at X yeah. uh, or we're walking. So yeah. we're kind of uh, a little bit in limbo there. Yeah. Uh, the I, sh- I should know. I should know within a. Yeah. I, I was actually going to send him a note today saying like, "Hey, man, you got any updates? Like, wh- how's you know how's March shaking yeah. up?" You know? It's just so interesting to see the back end, right? And we yeah. always talk with this when so, when we bring something to market, <clears throat> when we start talking to our clients and people that are interested to putting some money to work, you just see the finished product, yeah. and you're not even seeing like ten hours on the phone with yeah. lenders and the seller and the yeah. seller's agent. And then going back and forth with 10 different lenders and yeah. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to even put this product on the yeah. table. And it's, you know, I, so I think a lot of people have a hard time um, understanding how hard these deals are to put together and how hard yeah. they are to find yeah. uh, with numbers that work like this, especially sure. in lieu of like just what's happening here yeah. in our local market. 